What's up, everybody? Downtown Sports. This is an ad-free special edition Digital Market Battles special. Digital Market Battles is the only company that will fill your company's pipeline with high-valued leads. They're going to meet your conversion goals no matter what. Just go to www.digitalmarketbattles.com to get your discovery call done today. It's John, it's John, and it's Pat Creighton because we need to just sit down and have a conversation because we first off, Pat, we haven't spoken in a long, long time. He's the host of Late Hits on 97.5 ESPN, the top guy on the nighttime. He also has a Twitch channel he's uh, starting up. I uh, see he's doing Twitch stream broadcasts as well. First off, Pat, how have you been, man? I've been better. I mean, I've had happier days. Um, dude, yesterday friggin' sucked. I, I know. It, it no. had to have. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of felt torn about who I should root against more, whether it was the Braves or, you know, because honestly, the Tomahawk chop just has to go. And then the Astros with the reputation and, you know, being in New York and being sour about it. Yeah. We're Mets fans. F- the Braves. Yeah, if they go. go 0 and 162, they won too many games. <laughs> I agree. That's yeah. absolutely correct. I mean, I, I, I last week I, I said some sacrilege. I want the the Braves. To, oh yeah, God! T- t- today, Junior, to, to to win. If you call me Junior again, I'm gonna smack you. <laughs> You're a bad person, and and you need now you now you need to go to church and you need to go to confession and you need to tell the priest all the horrible, terrible things that you did. Say about nineteen hundred off fathers, fifty thousand hail marys, and twenty two thousand glory bees. Yeah, and then probably get like you know take like a hundred lashes. Yeah, I need to go find uh, I need to go find those monks from the Monty Python movie. Well, let's begin first, Pat, with the uh. The Texans are not going to trade Deshaun Watson. Casario believes we're not going to trade him, even though the Dolphins, maybe the Panthers were looking to make a move for him. It looked like a deal was locked up and maybe it was going to come together. Deshaun Watson's not going anywhere. Why? So I will tell you that I had heard from multiple sources that the Texans and the Dolphins actually had a deal worked out. They, they had agreed to compensation. The Dolphins were trying to get some more clarification from the league. What exactly would happen if they acquired Sean Watson and they tried to play him? How would the league react? The, the Texans were hoping that the Dolphins would continue to lose and get more desperate and sweeten the pot. Uh, at the end of the day, ultimately, what, uh, what appears to have happened is that uh, the Dolphins wanted Deshaun to, to work on settling the civil cases. Now, mind you, there's still 10 criminal complainants against him, but let's work on the civil cases because you're not so important. And uh, the Texans somehow got wind that Deshaun was trying to settle, and then they demanded more compensation. And, uh, and that torpedoed the whole deal. What the Texans did was the dumbest freaking thing they could possibly do. The longer they wait to deal to Sean Watson, the more pitfalls they ultimately come across, which is you've got this criminal case where they've uh, got a grand jury that has 
sent out subpoenas for documents. Now, there's no hard and fast date on subpoenas for documentation, but the next step is they subpoena people for testimony. Then there's hard and fast dates. Once that happens, well, then his trade value goes down more. This is a grand jury. In a grand jury, only the prosecution puts on a show. The defense sits there in suits, shuts up, and looks pretty. All right, they, they don't actually say anything. This is the prosecution telling the grand jury, we believe we have enough evidence for this to go to court. This is for felony charges. And the grand jury, uh, you're, you're trying to tell, some people are trying to tell me that a grand jury uh, today in 2021 or maybe 2022 uh, in a liberal county is going to tell 10 different women that don't know each other that they cannot have their day in court against the same guy that they're all accusing of sexual assault. And I say, bull****. there is no way in hell a jury is not going to let a, a grand jury is not going to let those 10 women have their day in court. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that those women are going to get their chance to go to court and prove their case. And when that happens, Deshaun Watson will be formally indicted. Once he is formally indicted, he will be placed on the commissioner's exempt list. And at that point, he has no trade value. And the Texans get the honor and privilege of paying him $35 million to keep his ass home. I just have to ask a question. Which organization is actually worse right now, the Texans or the Giants? Because... I haven't the Texans at least went to the playoffs a couple of times before they torpedoed themselves. The Giants haven't done a damn thing since 2017. And they keep have, through two GMs. They haven't drafted an offensive line yet. I don't know who's worse. The Texans are worse, believe it or not. The Texans are actually worse because they had the franchise quarterback. They also had arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL who they traded for a moldy slice of bread. Uh, you know, they, they had another number one pick in J.D. Clowney who they traded for half a ham sandwich. Um, and, and now ultimately they're going to lose to Sean Watson for not even what they lost DeAndre Hopkins for. I mean, they'll be lucky if they get anything for him because, I mean, like, like, we just watch the Jets down realistically. Watch the Jets just trade Mike down, White for him. <laughs> If we just break this down realistically, of uh, you know, people seem to think that oh well, uh, the the court system is moving slowly, therefore they must not have a case, and that's that's dumbassery. The court is not on the NFL's time. The court is not on Deshaun Watson's time. They have ten different women who have filed complaints against Deshaun Watson, criminal complaints that they have to organize and, and investigate every single one of those, put all of them together. It's, a, it's an involved case against a very high profile defendant. They're gonna have all their ducks lined up before they you know, go forward with, with anything. Deshaun Watson is being investigated. Ultimately, uh, it would be you know, the upset of the century if he doesn't get indicted. People just keep like, oh, well, you know, we talked about the trade aspect from, from uh, you know, how many draft picks can they get? Well, if he gets indicted, he doesn't play for at least a year because that, that court case will take at least a year. After that, 
he's got to face the wrath of Roger Goodell and Lisa Friel. And for people who don't know, Lisa Friel cut her teeth in the Manhattan DA's office for sex crimes. All right, this is the woman who convinced Roger Goodell Ezekiel Elliott needed to be suspended for six games because a woman lied about did he sexually assault her? Did he beat her up? She lied about it. She admitted to lying about it. And he still got six games. What do you think they're going to do with 10 criminal complainants, 22 civil cases? What do you think that they're going to do to Deshaun Watson? Yeah, he's Deshaun Watson will be lucky if he sees a football field in 2024. Wow. And you were, oh, well, well, we have to make sure the Texans have to make sure they get the maximum value they can. No, the Texans needed to get his ass the hell out of town so they could move on. And if they got one, one and one, three, they should have friggin' taken it. They didn't take it because they're stupid. I didn't that. I didn't think the Jets could have been any worse. I thought the Jets had a circus going on in New York that they've had for years. Seems maybe they're starting to straighten it out. Who knows? Keep yeah. this in mind. The Texans traded a young pass rusher in Charles Amenahu, who has been their best pass rusher when they let him play because they came up with this bullshit excuse about how, well, he's inactive so that we can give other guys looks. Other guys who can't carry his bags. They, they traded him, I think, for a sixth-round pick, not next year, but the following year. The guy who's arguably their best pass rusher right now. Uh, but they held on to Deshaun Watson, and they held on to Brandon Cooks, uh, and, and they held on to Zach Cunningham, and, and they held on to, to you know Laramie Tunk. They held on to everybody else. Like, can't trade this guy. Can't trade that guy. You can't. Can't generate a password. Let's trade a young, cheap, making the minimum guy who has shown he can get to the password. Let's trade him for friggin' peanuts. The Texans are freaking idiots. Well, well, yeah, but let's move on to the team that's not a bunch of idiots, but managed to look like it during the World Series, the Houston Astros. Astros Braves and the Braves literally just steamrolled the Houston Astros. They not only that, they steamrolled everybody they played in a way. Like they didn't lose at home until game five. Until game five, Braves had not lost a game at home. No one thought in their right mind, anybody, if anybody says that they called Atlanta to win the World Series, they lied. I'm telling you they lied because eh. now I feel sick as a Met fan because every team in your division now has won the World Series of late except the Mets. And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even the Phillies in 2008 won. Even yep. the Phillies won in 08. Atlanta finally got their first ring since 1995. The Nationals won their first World Series ever. Going back to when they were the Montreal Expos, they won in 2019. Now the Braves in 2021, a team, a city that has had a litany of heartbreak when it came to championship games. Why couldn't your city, why couldn't the Astros do the, do the one thing, right? Because Dusty Baker was managing them. I don't know, Pat, tell us why. Tell us why you, you're there. You covered this. (laughs) 
uh, the bats went cold. The bats went cold way too often. You know, the first, you know, against Chicago, against the White Sox, a really good pitching staff. Against the the Red Sox, the bats, they they carried. I mean, the Astros were averaging damn near seven runs a game mm. going into the World Series, and then the bats went cold. And, you know, the bullpen, which had been nails for the first two rounds, well, at the end of the World Series, the bullpen was basically running on fumes, and then those guys started to – to give up runs. The bottom line is, you know, the Astros uh, who were number one in baseball and batting average, number one in baseball in on base percentage, number two in baseball in, in slugging percentage, number two in baseball in OPS, uh, you know, number one in baseball in lowest chase percentage. All of these things went out the window against the Braves. The Braves were just that hot and and they've been that hot since the deadline they were the best team in baseball from the deadline on and they've stayed hot you know they they went out they had to replace ronald acuna jr and they get guys that other teams were willing to get rid of you know they got eddie rosario uh who wasn't even going to play until september they they got jock peterson who you know can only hit uh you know pitchers from one side you know, they, they get um, Jorge Soler. They, they, yeah, they, they get Duvall back. And it's just mm-hmm. all these guys all go on to hit the snot out of the ball in the postseason when, you know, during the regular season, they weren't, they all had power, but none of them hit for much average or, or, or much on base. They just hit a lot of home runs. Well, in, in the postseason, well, every one of them is, is, is raking. They raked against the Dodgers and they raked against the Astros. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Astros just the, the bats went cold too many times. Yeah. And Houston's going to have I mean, some- Jordan Alvarez. You couldn't get Jordan Alvarez out the last couple of games against Boston. And he, what do you have, two hits? I, you know, uh, Alex Bregman had two hits. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only two home runs the Astros hit were by Jose Altuve, who had two home runs and about 147 million pop ups. And this team got out homered by the Braves 11 to two. The Braves just set a record for a highest percentage of runs scored via the home run. Jorge Soler hit a ball last night that landed somewhere in Louisiana. I I don't even know where the hell it landed. They just, it just, it was one of those things where, you know, the clock struck 12 and they ran out of gas. So now with that, and now they've got, now they've got serious uh, things they've got to figure out, which is, yeah. look, it's pretty clear that, you know, Justin Verlander will not be on this team next year. Mm-hmm. Zach Granke will not be on this team next year. Carlos Correa will not be on this team next year. Uh, every year when a team wins the World Series, it's, oh, look at their young core. Could they be a dynasty? Well, in 2017, that same thing was said about the Astros. And the Astros have been the three World Series. They've only won the one. But from the 2017 team, uh, the only guys who are still going to be left on that team are Lance McCullers Jr., Yuli Gurriel, who's going to be 38, Jose Altuve, and Alex Bregman. That's mm-hmm. it. Four guys from this, you know, this young team that was going to be a dynasty. Five years later, they got four guys on the team. What's going to be the fate of Dusty Baker? Uh, he is playing without a contract after this World Series has ended. Uh, do the Astros bring Dusty Baker back? Okay, so... Uh, if you followed along all year long, Dusty has said all year he wants to come back, but that the Astros had not had conversations with him. Uh, even going into the postseason, he said he wanted to come back, but the Astros had not had a single conversation with him. 
uh, asked after game six if Dusty wanted to come back. Dusty said, yes, absolutely. Jose Altuve, when asked if he wanted Dusty Baker back, said, yes, absolutely. Uh, today, Bob Nightingale from USA Today reporting that Jim Crane has said he will sit down with Dusty Baker and they will work out a, a new contract for Dusty. Maybe it's one year, maybe it's two years. We don't know. But uh, very possible that Jose Altuve uh, saying he wants Dusty Baker back uh, ultimately got the owner to override the general manager who did not want to bring Dusty Baker back. The GM wanted to hire his own guy. Uh, and the owner uh, looks like he is putting his foot down and at least maybe one more year they'll, they'll have Dusty Baker. Dusty's been great for this team. He really has. And he, he gave them credibility when they had none. He steadied the ship when it was in the stormiest of waters. He is absolutely beloved uh, in that clubhouse by all the players. And he has shown he has developed a pretty good mix of old school managing and analytics managing. He, he's bridging that as well as anybody in baseball right now. Um, the fact that they let him go this entire year, essentially as a lame duck, and he still took them to the World Series, uh, is a testament to Dusty. Uh, it's testament to how much these guys like and respect Dusty. And also, to me, kind of a black mark on James Click that he let this go on as long as he did, because he basically he wants to bring in his own manager who's going to be like a Kevin Cash and he's going to have his little notebook and whatever the notebook says, that's where he's going to go. We're not going to pay attention to what's going on. Hey, my ace pitcher has been unhittable for five innings in the World Series, but I'm going to take him out because the book says so. Yeah. And then they freaking lost because they're well, They did to Max Free. So six innings and threw 74 pitches. And they took the Braves took him out after six innings on 74 pitches. I don't get yeah. that. So, in a game where they're up six nothing. But yeah, I mean, know, let him yeah. finish the game. Uh, he gave Blake well, Snell out before he was ready him to go. go and, broke things that never were fixed at, in James. In, you in at Blake least Snell. let the guy go until he shows he's out of gas. I mean, look right? at the and, and look, maybe. Maybe some guys are a little tired at this point of the year because they've thrown a ton. They pitched all year long, thrown a lot of innings. But there was there was no. They didn't need to take Max Fried out of that game. He was cruising. He was cruising. The Astros didn't threaten since the first inning. Charlie Morton threw a broken leg for 16 pitches. Yeah, that was crazy. If they can let him go out and throw 16 on a broken leg, why are we taking out a guy when he's hold on, hold on? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that that right there might have just eclipsed the bloody sock, the break, the throwing on the broken fibula and actually running out of play CFM for nothing. That's just don't call him CFM for nothing. I mean, he uh, that that's the epitome of guts. And that was the thing that, you know, local teams in my home, like the Mets and the Yankees, especially the Mets did not show once like the trade deadline came around and then uh, I, I don't know at least you get to enjoy playoff baseball you get your heart broken at the end of it but at least you get to enjoy something in October in October I get to turn to football watch the Jets and the Giants and puke so at least you have at least one more month of uh, sanity before you have to deal with the Rockets and the Texans and uh, I just want to ask you one more question like two more questions. Question one: Where does this Deshaun Watson thing go? 
doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, you know, this there's there is this idea being pushed by a lot of people in media that this is the smart move for the Texans. Wait until the offseason and then you can get other teams involved and you can no. get a bidding war. I don't understand how no trade clause. All those other teams that that want to make an offer, if he doesn't want to go there, it means Ungats. This is the Texans with very little to no leverage and Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins. And that's it. And the Texans don't want to accept. All right. Well, you know, we have no leverage. They want to act like they do. They don't. They gave Deshaun a no trade clause. And now Deshaun is exercising it to force his way to the place he wants to go. They don't have any way of getting out of it. The idea that they waited because, oh, they'll get other teams involved. If Deshaun says the other team doesn't get a seat at the table, they don't get a seat at the table. Their offer is moot. It means nothing. The, 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 the Dolphins are not competing against offers from other teams that Deshaun has already said, I'm not going there. So their offer doesn't matter. It's the Dolphins bidding against themselves. And again, the longer this goes on, the, the less value they're going to get because the other options will present themselves to Miami and other pitfalls will present themselves on Deshaun Watson. We'll get it's you, going nowhere. We'll get you out of here, Pat, on this final question. Back to baseball. There might not be baseball for possibly a little while. December 2nd, the collective bargaining agreement expires. And who knows where every one of these baseball teams are going to be next year. It looks like a work stoppage could be coming that's at least what these media people are saying. But, you know, could we see maybe if when all the smoke clears, could maybe baseball go through a reset and maybe we go away from analytics? Are the Astros going to be very different next year? Obviously, with the pieces they're going to have leaving them following this World Series. Where do you think the game of baseball is going to be heading, possibly with a work stoppage looming? Baseball's at a crossroads because yeah. uh, the NL. LBPA has made it very clear they will not sign another agreement uh, under the same economic conditions. Yeah, baseball, which had, you know, up and th up through COVID made record profits every year this in this millennium. Mm. But the the tax line would only go up two million dollars a year. Uh, baseball, which has never opened the books, continues to develop different ways to create revenue that they determine is not baseball related income and they try to exclude it uh, from the players baseball salaries overall have declined for four years while baseball revenues were going up these are all things that don't make sense in a free market economic model it is very clear that collusion has been going on but they haven't uh, been able to you know get enough there to, to prove it or or felt like they wanted to go down that road but the idea of the owners in collusion, this is not new. I mean, they've lost it what, four times. Yeah. With this new collective uh, bargaining agreement, the Players Association is looking for no tax or a much, much higher tax line. Uh, they're also looking for a floor. They're, they don't want to see these teams $40 million payrolls anymore. Uh, not when, when baseball is, you know, making record money and signing record TV deals and more record TV deals will be coming in the next uh, year or two. So there is very much the possibility that we will have a work stoppage and, and baseball will not start on time. There is very much the possibility that all of these free agents, and we have what could be a historic class of free agent shortstops, 
none of these guys are going to get signed if there's no CBA, which is going to potentially put us in a very interesting scenario. What could theoretically happen is however long it takes to get a CBA. Uh, nobody, I mean, teams aren't really, it probably doesn't make sense for teams to sign anybody until there's a CBA because they don't know exactly under what terms they're going to be signing these guys under. So why would you sign someone uh, not knowing what you're, you're looking at? Uh, if you are a player, why would you sign someone not knowing what uh, what you could potentially be looking at? Is somebody going to say, well, you know, we can only give you X because we don't go over the tax line or or this is our budget. Well, what happens if, uh, you know, four months later, there's a new CBA and now my budget's not X. Now my budget is X plus Y. So did you just did you just lose money? Nobody wants to go for that. So uh, very likely that players will not sign. Uh, unless it's a situation of somebody re-signing with their own team and they want to re-sign with their own team until there's a new CBA. Now, once there's a new CBA, assuming that it doesn't get done in the off season, let's say we're into April and there's a new, we're into March or later and there's a new CBA. You will then see a mad rush of contracts getting thrown around of everybody trying to sign in a two week period because Oh crap! We gotta hurry up and get into training uh, so that so we can like save most of the season. Yeah, like have it, a sixty-game season a, again. Yeah, like a twenty-twenty. It, it could be absolutely insane how many guys are trying to sign super fast. So the the, the CBA is a major major issue, and the division of revenues is, is a big issue. The the players association has always been against a, a a hard revenue share because they look at it as a cap. And, and here is why this is the wrong idea nowadays. All the other sports have a revenue share that creates a cap, right? Uh, right now, like in, in hockey, they've got like about fifty percent. Basketball is like fifty percent. The NFL is about fifty percent. Well. Baseball salaries versus baseball related income is about 39 to 40% right now. If they had a 50 50 revenue share and a cap based on that, there would be way more money going to players than is currently right now. And, you know, as, as more and more teams go hardcore analytics and, you know, look, the managers like, Managers like Dusty Baker are, are going the way of the dodo because GMs are getting younger and younger and they don't want managers like Dusty. They want managers that they can pretty much control and tell what to do. And that manager says, yes, sir, no, sir, uh, and does what he's told by the front office. Why does Aaron Boone have a job? There you go. Uh, because because Brian Cashman tells him what to do and he says, yes, Mr. Cashman. Hashtag That's why fire Brian Cashman. I thought we were. I thought we were but, letting people but, pick for their themselves. This is not the military. We're not working for. But a this person. is. This is what most organizations are now going to. They're going to, a hardcore analytics and b, the manager is not independent of the general manager. The manager now has to work in conjunction with the general manager, not just you know month to month or week to week, but inning to inning. And, and this is why, you know, you see more and more 
uh, managers that just go straight numbers, straight by the book, straight by whatever they've been told. Uh, there is no feel of the game. There is, well, this guy's really hot and this guy's ice cold, but the, but the book says I got to do this. So that's what they do. You know, the analytics say, uh, you know, don't shorten up my swing and try to go the other way with two strikes. No, analytics say swing from my heels and strike out 200 times. And make the game the, the most the, boring, unwatchable thing on earth because the numbers say that's the best way to win. You can say goodbye to seeing dynasty. This anymore. is this this is you know part of the problem the game has. You know they're like, oh well, what are we going to do about the the pace of game? And you know they they try to come up with all these stupid ass ideas like we're okay. going to make pitchers throw five innings, or Ready? you know we're not going to let you change pitchers. A three bad. How about Ready? you stop having five minutes to damn innings? Yeah, I have a I have a great idea. Ready for this one? You know how uh, everybody says, oh, how are you going to market the game to uh, the millennial generation? I'm a freaking millennial, okay? I'll tell you how you market the game to somebody like me. You sell me on the fact that it takes a little bit of a while to play. You sell me on the things that make baseball baseball. If you are not willing to go to a stadium for three and a half hours or sit and, you know, for three and a half hours, and commit to a game, then this ain't your sport. I mean, I don't know how well, you're going to change baseball into something that it's not. Johnny, here's a bottom line, right? People go to a baseball game uh, or, you know, this baseball game runs three and a half hours and they say, well, there's not enough action. Football game runs three and a half hours. And what do they got? Like 14 minutes of action. So the, the idea of, well, it's, it's not, it's about action. It's not. Okay, it's about fan interest. Why is there so much fan interest in the NFL? They play once a week. Everybody plays in at least one fantasy league, if not two. Uh, people are wagering on on the NFL like crazy. Baseball hasn't marketed itself to to get itself in uh, with with people on a on a daily basis. It's harder. Why aren't they focusing on you know? Hey, the game of the week here, game of the week there. We don't. They don't focus. On, on that type of thing. They don't focus on marquee matchups. They don't focus on marquee players. Uh, they stick with this. Well, our sport is regional. No, your leaders are stupid. That's really what it is. If they did a better job of marketing their stars nationally and, and marketing games, like, like if you had a Sunday night game of the week uh, or, or a Sunday afternoon game of the week or a Saturday night game of the week, find different ways <laughs> to draw eyeballs to your game all right if My you watch that field be... of dreams game the field of dreams game drew a lot of eyeballs why it was different it was unique they actually spent money marketing it now you're not gonna have a field of dreams game every week but the point is you can go get a marquee matchup or two and put them on national broadcasts and get people interested especially in the middle of the summer when there's no other sports Exactly. Exactly. There to me is no reason Mike Trout is not a household name. And well, the reason well, is baseball don't Mike know how Trout to market anything. Played. Yeah. Well, baseball is going to have a lot of things to answer with a collective bargaining agreement about to expire next month. Pat Creighton, host for Late Hits on 97.5 FM in Houston. You can also find him on Twitch. Search P Creighton one on Twitch. Pat, a pleasure to have you always, and best of luck. Thank you for taking some time to join us here. Appreciate you guys. Take care. All right. And with that, 
we wrap up this special Digital Market Battles edition of Downtown Sports. You can listen to us on 16 different platforms. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, on Castro.fm, and Stitcher. Yes, you got it. Episodes, Digital Market Battle Specials, every Tuesday, Wednesday, we are Downtown Sports. We are where sports come home. For the Beast of the East, Sean Tapariente, I am the mouth of the South, John Shaboni saying, thanks, Pat Creighton, and we're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>